Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're going over all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately were cut short and only had one season. Today, we'll be delving further into NYC prep. I'm your host, Frank Pezzanite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. <laughs> you are the host of Delicious Dish. That's what you're the host of. Um, today, we're discussing um, episode four, The Virgin Talk. Oy vey. Yeah, oy vey is right. There, there was, <laughs> a, there was a lot went on. Um, so let's do a little housey house cleaning with Twitter. I don't have a ton. Okay. Um, uh, Heather texted or tweeted us um, at One Hit Pod when you mentioned Alexis Nyers. I recently heard someone talking about her too or saw it in a mutual Facebook group. I thought it was said that she had her own podcast now about wellness or recovery. I couldn't find it, but I found these in case you want to listen. And I retreated it. Um, she was on um, the Dirt cast, and she was also on Things Were Too Lazy to Blog About with Allie Levine and Amanda Lauren. Um, so I retweeted those when Heather posted them, so if anyone wants to listen, they can. And I probably will eventually. When we, I'll, I'll listen when we get to that show. Um, and then Sleazy T, Taylor tweeted us on February 22nd and said, so as a former competitive gymnast, Taylor was not good. And (laughs) 6.1 is what you would normally get if you fell like four to five times. Right. LOL. Well, it's out of 10, right? I'm assuming. I was wondering that too. Um, embarrassing for me as Taylor, for for me as a Taylor and a former gymnast. (laughs) Also, Jesse's fam is always in West Palm Beach per my source. Oh. So good to know. Good to know. Um, and then on February 22nd, Heather <laughs> tweeted us, and I still haven't listened to this yet. I told you about it, but we have to listen. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Stephanie and Kelly. So Stephanie Pratt has a new podcast called The Pratt Cast, and um, Kelly Catrone was on. Um, it says, Stephanie is back from London, and she gets emotional very quickly as she opens up about her brother, her family, and the hills. Stephanie can't hide her raw and vulnerable feelings as she shed a few non-mascara tears. The things take a shocking, drastic turn when Stephanie is able to finally confront her former Hills boss, Kelly Catrone, after 10 years. Even calm, cool, and collected Wells was in shock and stressed out by their intense conversation. Okay, so I put this on my list. I will listen and happily report back. I had hoped to do it yesterday, and it didn't happen. Oh, yeah, I'm going to listen, too, for sure. I just haven't had time. Yeah. Like, I'm so behind on podcasts. It's crazy. I was, too, this week. I had, like, six which is really rare for me. Yeah, I like the only thing I'm caught up on is um, Lohan Island. Um, <laughs> the important stuff. The important stuff, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and then Heather tweeted, this Kelly Stephanie thing is killing me. Stephanie is delusional, so I'm so excited to listen to it. And then Lee Fenn tweeted us. Hey. Um, uh, she, I used to be obsessed with 12 as a teenager. I must have read it like five times, <gasps> and I think I have my copy somewhere. I what? cannot attest to whether it holds up, though, and I never saw the movie. Maybe we should all watch as a spinoff episode, which I am all for. Yeah. I think that we should totally do that. Okay. Um, and then she said, also, I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain the author was only 17 when he wrote it. Amazing. Yeah, such good info. Thank you, Lee. So when we finish NYC Prep, let's do a special episode... Watch 12. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, because the book is pretty thin, maybe we could do both. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think the book would be a really easy read. Well, I was very proud of Frank because he did pose it to our book club. I did. Over, you know, the more legitimate piece of fiction. Yes. But book club was intrigued. They were intrigued. Um, (laughs) It still could be read for book club. (laughs) I know. Maybe it'll be like a summer read. Yeah. Honestly, if I hadn't picked the book that I ended up picking back in October... Yeah. I would have just picked 12. Yeah. And Diana read it. One of our, our, yeah. our co- one of the Friend people of the on the pod. Pod read it. Yeah. yeah. 
So I know exciting stuff. Um, well, Stephanie Pratt's story is a good segue to opening your my little... my birthday gift. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to just. I got very close to the microphone there. I probably it's just fine. blew people's ears out. Um, I'm opening it as we speak. It's a throwback. <gasps> oh, <laughs> it's one of those little enamel pens, and it says, I want to forgive you, and I want to forget you, with Elsie um, crying mascara tears. So, I love it. But as a true Hill stan, it's also a continuity error. The mascara tear is when oh, she yeah. gets in a fight with Audrina. With Audrina. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's part of why I wanted to order it, because I like that you and I know that. I like it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I love it. <laughs> like, I'm going to put it on my coat. <laughs> I just like I saw it in Instagram this company has so many funny pins but I was like if anybody needs a pin of Lauren Conrad's mascara tear it's yeah it's you maybe I'll wear it to brunch tomorrow I should have gotten one for myself it could have been like our little thing like, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I will so delving back into NYC prep episode four I hit the nail on the head with the bougie bios by accident again yeah you are killing it and it's a total accident I'm not watching the episodes ahead of time but this week's bougie bio number four is on Camille Hughes. So Camille went to the Nightingale Bamford School. Okay. Yes. So interesting tidbits about this is that once the show came out, her school was really unhappy about it, even though her school's never mentioned and she wasn't even filmed coming in or out of school or anything like that. Yeah. So they sent her on an email to the entire school about her involvement with the show and that they were unhappy about it. And they wanted her to apologize, like, to the entire student body and all that kind of stuff. And she wouldn't do it. But she's a senior, right? When she she was a junior. Oh, she was a junior. Oh, okay. So then for her senior year, she transferred. Wow, good for her. Yeah. Um, So, but Nightingale Bamford is an all-female prep school, and it's very small. It's K through 12, but only 560 students. So there's about 45 students per grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, they have some very great notable alums, one of whom is Olivia Palermo of the city fame for all of you. She also went to Nightingale Bamford. Nice. Gloria Vanderbilt. Oh. Cecily Vaughn. I don't know how to say her last name. Zizgar? The woman who wrote Gossip Girl? Whoa. Yeah. Um, Bette Midler's doddler, daughter. Her doddler? <laughs> well, because her name is... <laughs> Midler, and her last name is Von Hasselberg. Yeah, well, Matt Midler is her maiden name. I know, I just, like, read it wrong. Alexa Ray Joel's also listed as an alumni of this school, so I want to know how many schools Alexa Ray Joel went to. Apparently quite a few. Yeah, and Paulina Gretzky. Oh. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky's daughter? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, for senior year, Camille transferred to the professional children's school. And that is 200 students, but only grades 6 through 12. Teeny tiny. Yeah. So the the professional children's school was founded as a school for young people of the New York stage. So basically, it's a school full of, like, talented young people who are dancers, musicians, actresses. That doesn't track with Camille's... I know. So their notable alums list is insane. And I almost want to just see if you can toss out any random name and if it's in my list. <laughs> like any random name? Maybe like an actress. Um, okay, let's see. Actresses that grew up in... The age range is pretty big, too. New York. Um, all, all that's coming to mind is like LA people. Um, that th- Those are included. Oh, really? I think so. 
Yeah. Um, Kirsten Dunst. No, she's actually not on the list. Um, let's see. Um, what's her face that played Blair Waldorf? Leighton Meester? Yeah. She is on the list. Oh, she is well done. Okay. It only took two. It only took two. Okay, I'm going to rattle it off anyway. It's a okay. lot, but it was the best part about this entire bougie bio. So Jack Antonoff and his sister Rachel, who's wow. a fashion designer. Misha Barton, both Culkin brothers. Phoebe Cates, Carrie Fisher, Sarah Michelle Geller, Lucas Haas, Anthony Michael Hall, Scarlett Johansson, Jane Krakowski, Ricky Lake, Diane Lane, Jenna Malone, Leighton Meester, Rita Moreno, Jerry O'Connell. Wow. Yeah. Sarah not jo- his brother? I don't know. Sarah Jessica Parker, Martha Plimpton, Laura Prepon, Tara Reed. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Christina Ricci, Christian Slater, Julia Stiles, Uma Thurman, Ashley Tisdale, Dick Van Dyke, Christopher Walken, Vera Wang, and Malcolm Jamal Warner. Interesting. I mean, what's interesting to me is it seems that like 60 to 70% of them are ones that were famous kids. Yeah. Like already famous when they right. went there. And like 30% were became famous after. I know. Interesting. I know. It's... Their notable alums list but is like fun, Camille, though. But, like, Camille, the science queen, it's just weird to me that she would go to that school. I know. So, she did not get into Harvard. Spoiler oh. alert. <laughs> and she went to the College of William and Mary in Virginia. Oh. I mean, which, not a bad school, but... No. Which is the second oldest college in America. So there's, like, this interview with her in Bravo. So she said, like, I didn't make it into the oldest school in America. I made it into the second oldest school in America. Okay. But I would have think she would have still gone for Ivy Leagues or yeah. something super science-y. Me too. But she graduated in 2014 with a degree in neuroscience. And she was a member of Delta Delta Delta. Can I help you, help you, help you? Yep. Um, she moved to Southern California and she got a job with Arbonne, which is like a vegan cosmetic and like oh. supplement brand um, in Irvine, California. And she's been working for them ever since. Okay. So she has worked her way up, and she is now the senior manager of brand and product development for nutrition, makeup, and holiday. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. So the company actually seems pretty big and active, and their labels looked vaguely familiar to me, but it almost looks like Avon or Mary Kay. Like, they have something for everyone, but it's vegan and cruelty-free. But is it like an MLM like Avon or is it? I don't know. Like I've it never looked heard like you it. could only order it from their website. Like it's not carried other places. That's why it reminded me. I of wonder Avon. if it is an MLM then. Maybe. Um, and she is on social media, Instagram and Twitter, but she's private on both. Um, so you can see a current picture of her with her profile picture. She looks great. She looks very pretty, and it's a picture of her clearly giving some sort of professional talk. She has a little like mic uh-huh. down her like cheek. A Janet Jackson mic. Yeah, like a little beige-colored mic. But she looks very pretty, so... I wonder what high school Camille would think about present-day Camille working at a makeup company. Me too. I feel like high school Camille would be like, I'm going to save lives, I'm going to cure cancer, like, ugh, makeup company. Like, I feel like... I know. I mean, it's just funny to think that, like, if you... I mean, I... Everyone's like that if they look back at their high school years, but it's just interesting. It's not a career path I would have expected her to take. Well, the product development part of 
makeup seems sciencey. Oh, it's a, a t- incredibly sciencey. I'm right. not downplaying. But the she science said like part. genetics firm and like yeah, yeah like yeah. I I I figured that she'd be like trying to cure diseases or you know, know. something along those lines. Well, that's what she says. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm but just anyway. Surprised. That's all I could dig up on Camille. But That's it's a not, lot. That's yeah, awesome. It's not bad. Um, and you can look up the company she works for. It seems like they have some nice stuff. I'm always into vegan and cruelty-free, but... Yeah, of course. I just don't like websites where I have to order it from the website. Sometimes I like to be able to go, like, smell things in person or, like, try them on my face. Like, I can't... Yeah. Online's rough for that sometimes. Also, to be honest, 99% of all beauty products are vegan. Right. Not necessarily cruelty-free. Right. Vegan. Yeah. They're not really putting animal products Well, because they're all them. chemicals. They're not, yeah. like, animal products. Yeah. Fair enough. So, we open this episode, or should I call it a painful series of events instead of an episode, <laughs> with the first painful event, which is Sebastian and Gabe. Or Sebastian and Baby Hitler. Yeah. Uh, who has some assumptions about Jewish people. As... Which tracks, since he was the one putting swastikas in the car. Yeah, No kidding. So, the other thing about this episode, in addition to being unfortunate, <laughs> is that, it, to me, I feel like we're getting our first time errors with filming and continuity, because, you know, last episode was the holidays, there was snow everywhere, and now people are out without coats on, and there's later the scene with Kelly and her parents that's clearly the same scene we saw in episode one, and they're piecing things together a little bit. I think the only things we got pieced together were the Kelly and her parents and this. Yeah. Because everything else tracks, and they talk about time later, and that tracks. So I think it was, it's like these innocuous conversations that don't have anything to do with what's really happened. Like, I also have a feeling that the driving scene later was probably from earlier, and just kind of, like, pieced together. Yeah. And then our final scene, though, we get two people standing outside in very light coats. But then, like, I mean, it's just... You know, they piece it together. And it's hard to, like, fall and winter in New York. It can sway a lot in a single day, so who knows. But anyway, Sebastian and Gabe are walking down the street, and they're talking about... They're on their way to a concert, and Gabe is asking PC if you can tell that Taylor is from public school or not. Yeah. And they have some really interesting ideas about what it means to have or go to public school. (laughs) And they say, he asks, does she wear juicy? And I thought maybe you would take offense to that. That's a personal slam. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it hurt me to the core. I also don't know what I was, I literally wrote it in my notes like Yoda. I wrote, does juicy she wear? Like, what the fuck was, (laughs) does juicy she wear? Like, I don't, like, what the fuck was I... I'm hungover, y'all. It's, it's a little rough. Um, but yes, I, I found it offensive. I said, I said doddler instead of daughter. Yeah. So it's, a rough, <laughs> it's a rough day over here. Um, so then they say that public school girls are the type of girls who take selfies with their boyfriends in office chairs. I didn't understand that. <laughs> I didn't understand that either. And I think they meant like they use their webcams to take a picture of themselves sitting at their desks and then like immediately upload it to Facebook or something? I don't I don't understand. I or they meant um possibly like taking pictures in like their father's like big office teachers? I don't know. The whole or thing like is very Or like private weird. school girls maybe have professional headshots? Like I don't I don't get the comparison at all. So then Gabe says, well, private school girls are Jewish and just don't care. 
the mail's well, here again. Mail's here. <laughs> and it seems like all my magazines came. They're very heavy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. I, I mean, again, like, for this Nazi to be bringing up Jewish people, like, it just made me uncomfortable. He's gross. Yeah, he's super gross. And then they get to this concert, and... Gabe points out a girl in a leather jacket to Sebastian and says in French, she's a good one. Yeah. Um, who, who cares? And I did, I just, the second was doing a little digging. Like, I'm very confused because there was a poster on the front of the venue that said The Tank. And I looked it up and I can't find the name of a band called The Tank. I found one. Oh, you did. Well, I found a band called Tank from the 80s. Though. Yeah. But that definitely wasn't them. These were younger kids. Okay. Um, but, um, it then, later, there was a shot that said 45th Street Theater, and there is, on 45th Bleecker Street, a theater called Subculture. Um, because when I googled 45th Street Theater, 45th Bleecker Street Theater came up, and it's Subculture, and it is a music venue. Wait. So that may have been where they were. The Tank. Melodic U.S. punk band from Orange County. Oh, yeah, that must have been them. They had an album, 99-2001-2006. That makes sense if it was sort of pop punk, the way they were dancing, maybe? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's also possible that I am just... Like, there was a poster on the front of the venue. It could have been from another show. Like, right. it made it possible. I, who knows? But I do think it looks like they were at the subculture place on Bleecker Street. Okay. So, Camille and Taylor show up to meet... Sebastian and Gabe and Sebastian says in his confessional that Taylor is having an off day and I hate to agree with Sebastian but Taylor is having an off day she's just very quiet and sort of in her own space when she first gets there like she doesn't act like she's excited to see Sebastian and she's probably not well I don't think she is because I think by then she's decided she's back together with Cole and she's just like and she hasn't told Sebastian yet yeah yeah So then in her confessional, she talks about, she says, Sebastian is not a great dancer. And at first when he started dancing, I thought he was kidding. I could see why. Yeah. Because he looked like he was having a grand mal seizure. Yeah. And he keeps laying it on thicker and thicker to try and get any response out of her. Like whether it's a laugh or attention. Like he literally looked like a dancing monkey asking for attention. And Camille says in her confessional that it was like a train wreck, that she was just watching it slowly go towards chaos and couldn't <laughs> stop watching. It, it's rough. So then, after the concert is over, Sebastian and Taylor are walking towards the subway, cabs, etc., and they talk about what's happening with them. And Taylor's only response is, I thought we established what was happening with us. So we still don't know what was established when they were standing in the snow. Well, and see, that I thought was very confusing of her to say, because I thought when they were in the snow, they decided to see each other yeah. and date. And yeah. then she's kind of implying we've established that we're dating, that we're dating but she's dating Cole. I, it was, it was a little, that was a little strange. Right. So then Sebastian goes in to kiss her goodbye as he heads to get a cab, and she gives him the cheek. And he walks away and says, that was rough. She's full on friend zoning him. Right. Um, And then we are attacked by the Illuminati because um, there was an interview with, was this when the interview happened and it cut out? Yeah. When Taylor is giving her, Taylor is giving one of her interviews and she's saying, talking about what happened with this and it cuts out. Yeah. 
So we don't know. Someone doesn't want us to know. Yeah. We should have checked YouTube or Daily Motion or one of those. Yeah. Whoops. Um, so then we get the flashback scene of Kelly having dinner with her parents. And the reason you could tell it was a flashback, I mean, they're sitting in the exact same seats and they're eating the exact same Chinese food they were eating three episodes ago. Yeah. Um, I also have decided I want to bang her dad. Okay. I'm not sure I support that. Yeah, I'll, I do. <laughs> I'll give you the gymnastics coach last episode. I like the dad. I think he's cute. Was he? Yeah. I mean, it's just like a normal middle-aged man. Was he Frank cute, though? He's cute. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'd get on it. I, okay. I thought you were going to say the mother. I would give you the mother. No, I don't want to bang the mother. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Now we're getting into awkward territory. <laughs> so this is where Kelly starts to talk about her desires to have a music career and how they want to find her a vocal coach. And they need to find the right one that has connections and can help her progress towards demos and all that sort of stuff. And her mother says, you know, don't forget that you're a junior and you're going to have the SATs coming up soon and all of those things. And Kelly said, but this matters more to me than SATs. And the mother's like, no. <laughs> And then we go to Alice's teacup. Camille and her friend Maite, which we figured out how to say later, are having tea. Oh, well, I didn't know you didn't know how to say it. I would have because Prince was married to a Maite. Oh, okay. Spelled the same way. Okay. Um, Hopefully not the same girl. Yeah. No, I've never, I don't think I've seen that name before. Um... And Maite is making fun of Camille and her high standards for dating. And it's actually like a very sweet conversation between genuine friends, in my opinion. And Camille's like, but can you imagine, you know, me being all cutesy and like taking pictures with a book? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, this is where I realized that I'm apparently the perfect guy for Camille because she likes funny brunettes who have suffixes and are Christian. Yeah. I check all her boxes. Yes, you do. <laughs> Minus your, your interest in Kelly's dad. <laughs> so then she says, well, I realize what you're saying, that I have to lower my standards. And her friend says, no, I'm not saying that, but you have to like someone as they are and then hope that they meet your standards. You can't rule them out when they don't check all these boxes right away. And she's like, like, if they don't have a suffix on their name, that doesn't mean you can't like them as a person. <laughs> and then Camille concludes that she just needs to be more friendly. Um, I like that she decided that she was going to take random hookups and turn them into boyfriends. Yes. She is a feminist icon in this episode. She really is. Yeah, she is. Um, and then we get another painful scene of Sebastian and Gabe. They're shopping and they talk about how Taylor rejected the kiss and then they make fun of Cole for a while. Well, and it's so, I mean, this is just stupid Hitler youth, teenage boy bullshit. Yeah. But, um, I loved their idea of making fun of Cole was that he was a supportive boyfriend. I know. They're like, oh, he goes to her things. I bet he calls her to say goodnight. I bet he checks on her to see how she's doing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You guys are idiots. Like, I bet she... He goes to her gymnastics meets and, like, says, I love you and stuff. It's like, oh, so he's a genuinely sweet person? Yeah, I know. Okay. I really like Cole, by the way. I know. Um, so then Camille is on a date with Dan. Who's 18. At, yes, at Brasserie, which is the same restaurant that PC got stood up at, I believe. And Dan is the guy she danced with at Zoe's birthday party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dan has problems. Dan, yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Um, Dan is not smart. Dan is not smart. Dan is not attractive. There, there's, I don't know how Dan is a player. He must be super wealthy. Yeah. So Dan is not smart, but also next to Camille, Dan is a primate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was painful to watch. So she says that he's known for being flirtatious and player-esque. And he is trying to compliment her, but it's like, that's the only language he speaks. So she can't have a real conversation with him because he'll just be like, you look pretty. Yeah. I like your, I like your hair. I like your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Camille says, do you know where you're going to college? And he says he's going to GW, which is in DC. And she, in her confessional says it's a party school. Which I put question mark. Is it? I don't, I've never heard that of a GW. I mean, first of all, I think almost every college is a party school. Yeah. Now there are just some that are more of a party school than others, but I didn't know that GW had that reputation. I mean... I'm not surprised. It's a good school in a city, so sure, I'm sure the kids get out in the city and do stuff. I don't know. Yeah. And then he says that, she said, was that the only, was that your first choice? Basically judging his selection. She said, that was my first choice. I also applied to Miami and Penn State. Now those are party schools. Yeah, especially Miami. And she says, well, those are party schools. And he's like, yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Camille's not feeling it. And he's also an undecided major. So Camille just has no lady boner for this whatsoever. Not at all. Now, what I did think was interesting about this, and this is not a comment on Camille because it's normal, but her teeth look so yellow to me. Like now everyone on TV has like electric glow in the dark white teeth that it's almost off putting. And it was weird to see someone with just like normal teeth. That's Camille's go to makeup look too, is that she draws attention to her mouth. She always wears a red lip and it looks very good on her. She has a very pretty like smile and lips but I think it brings out the color of her teeth. Yeah, for sure. But it was just shocking because these days you don't see someone on TV unless their teeth glow in the dark. That restaurant also was strangely lit, but I think in her confessional they looked yellow too. Yeah, well, because his didn't look as yellow as hers, but... Right. So then he asks her, I think for the second time that we hear, so he must have asked her several times, are you enjoying your night? And she goes, okay, it's going from redundant to annoying now. Yes, I'm enjoying my night. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, what are you doing for President's Day? And this is where we get a timeline, because he says it's like a month away, so this has to be January. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I don't either. I was just asking. And despite this awkward date and her complaining about it, they get in a cab together at the end, and she says, it's just going to be a hookup for me. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. You call him stupid, and you hook up with him anyway. Get it. Yep. (laughs) I'm so upset she didn't get into Harvard now. (laughs) She's an entrepreneur. So then PC and Dan are now shopping. Lots of shopping in this episode. And Dan tells PC that he really has a thing for candles and he likes having candles in his room. And who says that one of them smells like pure sex? PC. I'm so sick of PC acting like a sexual dynamo. Yeah. When you know what he is, he's a Sheena Shea. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're broadcasting it because you're not fucking having it. Yeah, for sure. I can't stand it. So they are looking at a button-down shirt that has short sleeves. And Dan says he doesn't really like a button-down shirt with short sleeves. You might as well buy a long sleeve button-down and roll the sleeves up. And I feel like my husband also has that stance. Like, he just doesn't... There's something weird to him about a short sleeve button-down shirt. I only wear short sleeve button-down shirts. I think you only wear short sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now I'm going to have to follow up on that, but I feel like that's the case. I feel like he always rolls up to the elbow instead. No. 
whatever. So then Dan says the shirt is really homo. Yes. And PC says, don't say that here, man. Like all the guys who work here are gay. And we get a single <laughs> shot of the sales team. Four of them. And oh yeah. 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 Super gay. Yeah. PC hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. But I appreciate that PC at least said like, he didn't say don't say that ever, but he at least said don't say that here. He did, but he also didn't do it in it because he's like, all these guys are fucking gay. Like, he did not, it was not, like, be concerned. He was just right. like, all these guys are fucking gay, don't say that. Like, Including me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was very weird that they sell sold gold brass knuckles at yeah. the store. Yeah, the store sold a lot of weird shit. And... It kind of reminded me of, um, have you been to, um, oh, what's that, like, Asian restaurant on H Street that has the clothing store and the coffee shop? Maketo? Maketo. Have you been to Maketo? Yeah. It reminded me, have you ever looked at the case of Maketo? Like, they where they have the men's jewelry. I've actually only been for coffee, which is a shame. Yeah, it's we should go for dinner with It's delish. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they have the same kind of weird case with, like, I feel like they would have gold breast knuckles. Right. Well, we also just proved our point, because I said I've been for coffee, you said you've been for dinner, and I also know they sell sneakers, and apparently yeah. they have a case of stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so then the other thing that they're discussing while they're shopping is his date with Camille. And he says that it went well afterwards, and we've established now that Camille has a secret wild side. And I feel like PC in his confessional was heavily implying that Camille blew Dan. Yes. Because he said, the way he said received from Camille, I don't know, he was very heavily implying that Camille blew him. Or that they just, like, she really got after it despite not being interested in him whatsoever. Oh, for, no, I, for sure. But there was just, so, and I wish I had written down the sentence he said, but to me, it felt like that's that specific sect act. He did, he did use the word received. Now, but later he then acts like he doesn't know what happened with them. So who the fuck knows? Also with these kids, I'm not sure if I buy that it was a blowjob. Maybe it was a hand job. Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Camille does not strike me as the type that's like, you're stupid. I'm going to blow you. Uh, Camille strikes me as the type that would be like, you're stupid, get down there and yeah. lick my clit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he had said Camille received that, oh, I would yeah. have like stood up and applauded. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then PC on his way out buys a blazer for $280 and he says he's surprised it wasn't four grand. Yeah. Apparently four grand is what blazers cost yeah. everyone. So then we go to Cafe Lalo, which I recognize because it is also named and is a filming location in the movie You've Got Mail. I was very impressed that you picked up on that. It is, for some reason I have a fondness for You've Got Mail, even though it's horribly out of date now with like LOL, AOL, and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> and But that's where Tom Hanks goes to meet the woman before, that's where he realizes it's Meg Ryan and she has like the rose in the book, but they say Cafe Lalo like six times. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Maite is asking Camille about the date and she says it was a train wreck. It was just stagnant. He kept repeating phrases and he asked me what my hobbies were. And Maite was like, okay, I was with you on the boring conversation, but you're judging hobbies because you wish he had said personal interests or pastimes. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have this weird conversation about how Maite wants to plan Camille's wedding. Yeah, I know. And Maite is suddenly, like, three years younger and has a really annoying voice. Yes! And whereas at the teacup place, she was pretty normal and awesome. Yeah, I'm not sure what transpired between scene one and scene two. Scene two, she's like, oh my god, can I plan your wedding? It'd be so much fun. Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, 
Then Camille tells Maite she's having a dinner party on Friday, and she invited Kelly, PC, Jesse, Sebastian, and Taylor. And we look forward to it. Yeah. So then we get a stupid scene of Kelly driving. And the only thing that I found shocking about this was that it was a Ford. I know. Like, I would have thought these, like, super rich Hampton people. I mean, nothing wrong with the Ford. My cousin used to sell them. They're fine cars. But, like, I was expecting, like, a Mercedes or a BMW or... It's, like, clueless, but my parents got me something to learn on. Yeah. And it's, like, a brand new decked out to the Nines Explorer. Yeah. But it's still a Ford. Yeah. I don't know. I was surprised. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. <laughs> We're assholes, but it's funny. So, then Taylor and her friend Ayala... Uh-huh. Who's 16. Yeah. Um, they're walking near Central Park and she lets her friend know that she's bringing Cole to the dinner party on Friday night. And Ayala says, don't you think that's going to be weird? Is there going to be a confrontation? And Taylor acts like she has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, I don't. Taylor's a little out to lunch this episode. I think that with Taylor, I think that she's very pie in the sky. So, where she's very grounded and down-to-earth on some things, like the price of a dress, I think when it comes to interpersonal relationships, she's very Little Miss Sunshine. And yeah. just thinks that, like, everyone should get along, and what's the big deal, and, you know, we every, everything should be... I don't know. I don't, I don't think she's very good about knowing how people's work. Yeah. She, yeah. She has a naivety about yeah. that part of things. So then we get a brief scene with PC and his friend Kat, who he is also invited to this dinner party on Friday. Kat 17, yes. And they are leaving school, and he invites her to come to this dinner party at Firebird. And he's decided that he's going to analyze everyone and shake things up a bit, and he wants to see their true colors. Well, and this is where I feel like... Okay, so we had some questions about the fact that he was bringing Kat without seemingly telling Camille. But Kat tells us in this little conversation that Firebird is her mother's client. I'm assuming her mother does PR or something or decorating or God knows what. Yeah. Um, so, of, I mean, obviously Firebird asked to be brand... I mean, yeah. that's why she's there. Like this, I'm sure it was arranged through her mother that they have dinner there so that Firebird would get publicity. So... Yeah. Well, huh? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then PC says that he's fucked up right now, and <laughs> she says, well, isn't that vodka in your bag? Is that vodka in your bag? Yeah. Um, and he, we don't get an answer, so I think PC's drinking at school. Jesus. All right. And then we go to Firebird. Yes. Which is the most confusing restaurant I've ever seen. Yeah, and is they are- Is it even a restaurant? Like, it was weird. They are in the bowels of it, too. Like, they are in the back room of the back of the back of the back. Yeah. And there's a call box that makes it look like an apartment. Well, and the interior looks like an apartment. They're like, it yeah. looks like they're sitting in a living room, like a very formal living room before they go in for dinner. When we got scenes from the next, I was like, wow, Camille's family has a bright red dining room. That's bold. Yeah. It's and strange. the outside didn't look that way. So it permanently closed. It was on West 46th. It definitely had a look. Oh, okay, so Meredith even, showed me a even picture. Even the main dining room looks like a home, kind of. But at least it looks like a big dining room. Like, yeah. I was really confused. I was like, is it a bunch of little rooms? Like, wow. Yeah, so basically everything in there kind of looks like a living room. There are books, and there are sofas, and tchotchkes everywhere. Oh, wow, we've got framed pieces of clothing. Yeah, interesting. What? So, what cuisine was this? French, maybe? 
Well, so the way... Because all we saw them eat were salads and then Taylor got a plate full of steamed vegetables. Right, but the way the tea was served to Kat, that was like a Russian-style tea. Oh, so you think it's a Russian restaurant? I don't know. Russian restaurant in the theater district. Good call. Yeah! So the reason I also know that is from the scene with Sex in the City where she's dating the Russian and he yeah. puts the black cherries in her tea. They use like a tall glass teacup with like a metal handle. Oh. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah. Deep cuts today. Deep yeah. cuts. Um, so the awkwardness ensues immediately. And there's also this weird like reception room, like a, a waiting room before they get to the dinner table. Like it's almost like they rented the apartment in the back of the restaurant. Yeah. So... Kelly and Camille are talking about how Taylor's bringing Cole, but Sebastian doesn't know that. And Camille says, like, you do realize that my dinner party got really, really awkward. And Kelly's like, don't sweat it. You know, like, it's your night. Just let them be awkward. Which is good advice. They both look cute. Camille's wearing a little headband and, like, a strapless kind of taupe-colored dress. And Kelly looks amazing. (laughs) I love her dress. Yeah, her dress. But it was very adult. It was too adult. And it looks like something she should wear to, like, perform one of her songs or go to a club. I was going to say go to a bar. Yeah. yeah. For a dinner party, it was a bit much. But it had a hot pink silk top. And then it empired all the way down tight black. And I was into it. Yeah. It was very cute. And she had her, like, very itty-bitty titties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Sebastian showed up first, right? Yes, so Sebastian shows up first, and that's when they inform him that that Cole's coming. Cole is coming. And then he didn't know that. He's surprised, and I think he's a little butthurt. Of course. Now, the one thing I noticed about, now I've always noticed about Sebastian, but it was extra apparent in this episode, and I, this is one of the times that I wish we were a video podcast. Um, He moves his head like someone with cerebral palsy. Because he reminds me of Cousin Jerry from Facts of Life. Because she always kind of, like, had her head over to one side and yeah. stiff. And he do, he's like, uh, uh, like, he does the same thing. And he does it a lot in his confessionals. And I'm surprised that producers didn't make him stop. I want a chiropractor to see him. Like, I don't, like, it looks uncomfortable and weird. And I think he's messing up his neck. Well, I think that's also the direction he tosses his hair, so now he's just, like, stuck that way. I guess, but it's really, like, it's like he juts, it's like, uh, uh. Is me doing this constantly giving you flashbacks? Yeah, I don't, it's weird. I don't, uh, ugh. It's very strange. It looks very uncomfortable, and it reminds me of of Cousin Jerry from Facts of Life. Yeah. So then, more and more people arrive, and then PC and Kat are last, and PC walks in and says, Hello, children. PC is being a dick. Uh, now, I want to say something first, and then I'm going to explain PC's behavior. Okay. So, first of all, we need to talk about the fact that I love that Queen Camille, put, we find out, really put this all together so she can, again, yes. attack Jesse about Operation Smile. She called Jesse the Queen Bee of Operation, Operation Smile. Um, and I'm going to go even further down a sidebar rabbit hole now with, I feel like, and I could be wrong, I thought anyone could do charity work. I find it hard to believe that Operation Smile is like, get back, Camille. You have to have an in to work for us for free and help children. I Yeah. Can't just anyone be... I mean, maybe she wants to be on the board, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think that charities spent all their free time keeping people out. Or find another one. 
Yeah. Be the queen bee of your own charity. Yeah. You've got the gusto. Um, but I am now going to explain PC's entire behavior. Okay. Because I once was PC. So what PC is doing <laughs> is PC can't be true to himself. He can't be gay. Or, or like he can be, but he hasn't come out yet. Um, and so he is taking his resentment over the fact that he can't openly date, openly be sexual, whatever, on everyone in the vicinity. Yeah. Like, that's 100% what's going on. Yeah. And I used to do it, like, I mean, I was a real bitch. So, and I even came out at 16, so mine stopped earlier-ish. But it was still resentful of not being able to, like, have anyone to date. Um, But yeah, I mean, I recognize the behavior. Yeah. That's what's happening. Okay. No, I'm with you, but he's being a little bitch. Oh, he's being terrible. I put in my notes that PC is super queening out. Like, he is yeah. being a little cunt yeah. just for the sake of being a cunt. Yeah. I'm and also he, to be fair, he said he was going to do that, but he's doing it, and he is drunk. And for sure. And I think that the drunk part comes into play later, um, even though they didn't say he was drunk, and I think he showed up drunk. Um, the fact that he seems to regret his behavior later on... Leads me to believe, like, oh, I was drunk and said a bunch of bitchy, nasty, bitchy, nasty things. But he also got drunk on purpose so that it would be easier to be oh, a nasty bitch. a thousand percent. But yeah. I, I think what was left out of the conversation we're going to talk about later on was I just, I really regretted it because I was drunk. Yeah. But yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. He's an absolute monster. So he keeps referring to how young they are, which is so stupid. And then he tries to pump Camille for information about her date with Dan. And she was like, it was nothing. We're not discussing that. Like, Camille is not having it. And then he says in his confessional that Camille's a dirty little liar. Whatever. She also has... She doesn't owe you anything. She doesn't need to tell you about her exploits. And so then he looks at Taylor. And so when I said everyone had arrived, I forgot that Cole had not arrived yet. So he's running late. And... (laughs) This is the only thing I laughed at from PC. He said, so where's your date? What's his name again? Scamper? (laughs) (laughs) And she says, Cole. And he goes, yeah, I was close. Like... He's just a monster. I know it was funny though. I mean, to, to so an example of me, like just came to me that of me being this kind of monster. I was at a house party one time. My poor friend <laughs> Josephine was in a bedroom with her boyfriend having sex. Well, I, none of us really care for the boyfriend that much. Um, I got the entire party together and was like, let's play Charlie's Angels. This will be hilarious. And like went and kicked the door open. Oh. And so everyone would see them naked. Have I mean, like, yeah. that's, I was a PC. Yeah. It's sad, but true. Scamper. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's, he was going after Cam- Taylor. He was, we, but he went from going after Taylor and Sebastian. To and being Cole. enamored with and her. It, yeah. Completely enamored with her. So, just a few things on our way to that. Um, Cole walks in and he points out to Kat very obviously that Taylor hooked up with Sebastian. He's like, well, they used to hook up, so you get it. It's awkward. You know, and calls out the awkwardness. And then he asks them what they do when they're not in their sandbox. No, he said, what do you guys do for fun? Play in the sandbox? Yeah. And he asks everyone at the table if they're virgins and Camille shuts that down right away. She's like, that's inappropriate. Absolutely not. Fair. Yeah. And... Well, but did you see that it was very interesting on the editors and cameras parts? He said, are you all virgins? And it flashed on Kelly, and it flashed on Taylor, um, and it flashed on... um, But it didn't flash on Camille. Yeah. Well, and part of me feels like PC is the one asking, because he probably is, too. 
don't think so. Okay. Because of his Mexican boyfriend? I think he's, like, behind the scenes zooming dudes. Like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's been with a girl, but, like, I... I actually, I bet he's no, been with a girl. No, you're right. So. He probably has. Yeah. So he's bragging. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's good at it. I wish they had shown Sebastian's face at the question. No, no. <laughs> no, but, like, not. he got mad that he didn't get another peck on the lips. Like, how did he answer the virgin well, question? Well, that was really cutting into his number of hookups for the month. Right. He has a quota to fill. Yeah. He's only at one right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then he asks every... So Kelly says it's her birthday tomorrow, and he was like, oh, where are you having your bar mitzvah? Bat mitzvah. Yeah. So rude. But anyway, then he asks everyone what they want to do in the future. And Sebastian says he wants to be a journalist, which is not that far from what he's doing right now. And he was a journalist in college, as we established yeah. last episode. <laughs> I don't know. Does Camille answer? Uh, no. Okay. And then I think we just went from Sebastian to Taylor. I don't know if Kelly answered. And Taylor says, I want to be... I want to train elephants. A trained elephant trainer. And then she goes, I mean, a licensed elephant trainer. And like, everyone laughs. But for some reason, PC thinks that's cool. And yeah. he's now softened to Taylor. Yeah, loves it. Well, and he he says, and I think that the latter is the case, that... She's either really stupid or really smart, and there's no in-between, and I don't he wants disag- to figure out. I, don't I think she's really smart. Right. I don't disagree with his take on that, though. Sometimes I wonder with her, too. I'm like, yeah. is she a genius or a bonehead? Um, that's the only thing with PC that I agreed about this episode, I think. So then an, their dish arrives, and they have to point out who the vegan is, and it's Taylor, and <laughs> PC says, what does your diet look like? And she says, well, I eat a lot of veggie burgers. And he says, if you're a veggie burger, I'd eat you. Or something like that. Yeah. In front of everyone. In front of Cole. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Yeah. And then, But I did love in her confessional that she, um, she's like, if I was a veggie burger, I'd eat me too. Yeah. I, I mean, I like her. <laughs> I, do, I like her too. But it's, that. so then the dinner party ends, thank God. And I thought she wanted to be a philosopher. Yeah, that's what she told Sebastian. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it was also the way she said elephant trainer. Like, she didn't confidently say, like, well, I really want to work with animals. I'm a vegan and I care about protecting animals. You know, like, it didn't come out like a bold statement. It came out like a I, child. You know what? I wonder if she just read. This is about the time that, like, Water for Elephants came out. I yeah. wonder if she just read that. And Probably. Was like, ooh, elephant trainer, here I come. Yeah. It was an inspiring book. No, I liked that book too, but it's just the way she said it too. It sounded like something my nephew would say. Yeah, hundred percent. I want to be a trained elephant trainer. Like my my almost four year old nephew will probably say that this weekend. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to Dean and Deluca, and Jesse is waiting for PC, and she is doing her best, Audrina Petridge. Yeah, she really is. She's wearing an off the shoulder T shirt with the bold print and a bright turquoise beanie. Why do I hate her face so much? I hate Jessie. This episode really threw me over. No, I hate her too, but like, it's, it's she's got such a smoking body. I mean, she's a butterface. I'm sorry. No, I know. That's mean and terrible, and I'm a misogynist, and I shouldn't say that, but she's a fucking butterface. Like, I, I, I can't get over it. It's also that she really emotes with her face, like on camera and when she's talking to people, so it's very, very obvious. Like, we only get her sitting down, yelling at people, that kind of thing. So we get her from the shoulders up, and you're just like, ooh, ooh, back away, back away. I wonder now, did you find pictures of her 
current pictures when you did her um, bougie breakdown? No. Because I, I wonder if pictures. that's baby fat and like if her face has since thinned out. I think I found one recent picture. She's got it. And it's the fucking hair. Like if she would just get like a short, funky, asymmetrical haircut, that would do a world of difference for her. Yeah. I think I found one more recent photo of her. Hold on. Let me check real quick. Oh, I remember. And I feel terrible attacking anyone's appearance, but she's a monster person, so I don't feel so bad. Yeah. I think she had one on LinkedIn, um, because she works for... That's more recent. Oh, okay. It's thinned out a lot. She's still not pretty, but it's thinned out a lot. Yeah. Um, I wonder if she had, like, Kybella or something. That's... That person's name's also Jessica Leavitt, but that's not her. Um... Yeah, they're mostly old photos from. Well, so also look at the difference between like, so this was one of the cast photo stills. She looks mentally challenged in that picture. Exactly. And then this is like from six months later, this was her boyfriend at the time. And she looks better already. Yeah, she does. I don't, I don't know. Something about it's her face is slimmed out in that picture. Did she have like, she doesn't have Invisalign. She has something weird with her jaw in this one. Maybe she got her teeth fixed. Yeah. Maybe that fixed the problem. Yeah. I don't know. But she does look different pretty soon after this show. So. And it must be, I think it's just some kind of internalized societal norms for me that like, I feel like someone who looks like her shouldn't have the right to be as bitchy as she is. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I think it's also you and I. I am just living my mean girl's life. (laughs) You and I share that adolescent truth. Yeah. We do. I know. That's. Yeah, we weren't one of the hot ones. We're still bitter about it. And how yeah. dare she thinks she is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with right. you. <laughs> Good. Going I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> going straight to hell. Um, so PC stands up Jesse at Dean and DeLuca, but she happens to run into Camille. Yes. And she is such a bitch to Camille. She's always a bitch to Camille. So she says that PC's being rude and Camille says, like, like you not coming to my dinner party? And good on Camille. I love that. Because Jesse did not RSVP. No. And she says, well, I had bronchitis and I would have been coughing everywhere. And from what I heard from PC, I didn't miss much or something like that. And then they have a conversation about how PC's inappropriate and Jesse like pretends that she gets off on it when really she kind of hates when PC's like that too. Yeah. So then she stands up and says, I have to meet my friends for dinner. I have to go. And she looks directly at production. Yeah. Like she gets up, turns her head a little to the left and she's looking and kind of smile and she's looking directly at a cameraman or a producer or someone. Because production texted Camille and said, hey, we're at Dean and DeLuca. Yeah. They surprised both of them with it. And she's not, again, I don't understand why. So PC's like always late, stands her up, whatever. It's not realistic. It just is like when PC got stood up for his date. Where is the phone call? Where is the text? Where is the, where the fuck are you? I've been here for 20 minutes. Like, come on. Like, I mean, back then especially. She says, um, P, it's Jay. Where are you? She left him a voicemail when she was sitting. But I would have called every five minutes. Yeah. Been like, I'm sitting here. Like, what the fuck? What's, especially then, 10 years ago. I mean, texting wasn't as much of a thing. They did BBM, but like. Yeah. I also don't think I would sit for 45 minutes. No. Unless, and if I, especially if I hadn't heard back. Unless I was, like, in a completely different neighborhood, like, than where I live. But I think after a while, I would just go home. Yeah, again, unless I'd heard from someone. Like, unless yeah. they said, like, oh, I'm stuck in the train or whatever. 
or, or I always find or... something else to do. Like I'll go shop or like run an errand real quick or I don't yeah. know. Anyway. So then Camille and PC are at the Natural History Museum talking about the dinner party and how rude PC was. And she says, how dare you ask everyone at the table if they're virgins or not? And he admits that it was rude. And this is where he does, where basically he should have been saying, like, I was wasted. Like, I was really inappropriate and I feel bad. He just left out the I was wasted part. Right. And we need to discuss his outfit. (laughs) Was that the purple tie? So he's wearing his new blazer that he bought when he was out with Dan. And it's brown with, like, a darker brown, like, stripe on the lapels. A solid black button-down shirt... And a very shiny, decently bright purple tie. It's very, like, Avril Lavigne or, like... (laughs) um, that was that time period. Fallout Boy, My My Chemical Romance, like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's like he kind of wants to be pop punk, but he's Upper East Side, so he can't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then Jesse and PC have a scene that I felt like I was literally choking at another coffee bar that I couldn't identify. Well, before we get to that, we yeah. have to say my one takeaway from the Camille conversation oh, sure. was she was saying that basically what was decided was that PC and Kelly just kind of clash. Like there's something about their personalities that just don't mesh. And I wrote that it's because PC is an asshole. Like yeah. it's not Kelly. It's all fucking PC. I don't, he's just a dick to her. No, and Kelly actually handled his rudeness. Very really, well. Yeah. yeah when he made well. the bat mitzvah joke, she goes, actually, I'm turning 17. My bat mitzvah was several years ago. Yeah. Like, she just answered his question and was, you know, gave it right back. So, that is the thing, though, that when you are being a PC and people do handle it well, instead of backing down like you should, you double down. And you become even more of a dick. Yeah. Did anyone ever, like, knock you down? No. (laughs) You still reign supreme, honey. Um, I was, when I had a very um, big come to Jesus, like, five five or six years ago, maybe longer than that, if you had asked me up until then what my high school experience had been, I would have told you that I was, like, bullied and made fun of and, like, an outcast. And then I found out that in my social group, I was a mean girl, you, and everyone you, was afraid of me. You were the script flipper within your own group. Yeah, so, like, I, I mean, I still, I'm still friends with the people they like, but they were like, oh, you were a psychopath bitch. Like, I, <laughs> I, that was not what I would have said, so. That's so wonderful to know, and yeah. I feel like it explains a lot that we need to discuss when we're done recording. <laughs> so, then we get this painful scene with Jesse and PC at this coffee bar. And part of the reason that she also looks so weird in this episode is, like I said, she's emoting so hard. Yeah. And she said, you stood me up, you asshole. And he is like, I just fell asleep. I'm sorry. And she was like, when I can't make it, I call my friends. And she like, like she drags it out that long with her mouth and it's weird. And I don't understand why that would be the perfect occasion for PC to have said, really? Because you didn't call Camille when you stood her up for a dinner party. I know. Like that was the comeback that needed to happen. Yeah. So then they're doing that like disgusting flirty fighting thing, but not really that they do like... Jessie looks like she's going to slap me in the face. And then she's oddly pounding her coffee on camera, like tipping the mug, like in the camera shot yeah. a lot. And then they settle on the fact that everyone at the dinner party was so much younger than them. And that Taylor needs a friend to help her. 
Then they called Taylor a project, and then they and called a charity, case. a charity case. So why PC suddenly wants to take Taylor under his wing, I don't entirely understand. And I honestly can't. I watched it so long ago, and I only watched it once, and I can't remember what's coming up. But I feel like Taylor doesn't care. Like, yeah. I don't think she wants to be anybody's charity case or a project. And I, she's not a social climber. Yeah. Well, it's weird. She says that weird shit about money and social climbing in her confessionals, but she doesn't act that way at all. No, and it was just that one time, and I feel like the producers were prodding her to say that, probably. 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 It's, the scene is just so weird. Like, PC and Jesse make me really uncomfortable. I want to murder them both. Yeah. Like, and the two of them together. So, then we get Kelly and Camille on the, there's a lot of filming on street corners. And I feel like what's happening is they can't film when they're at school, so they meet outside. Like, there's, you know how they say all the schools are in, like, a 10-block radius? Oh, so you think this is, like, lunch or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. And producers are like, we can't, you know, step on school grounds, but can you meet at the corner of, like... You don't think they have to wear uniforms at school? They both had coats on, didn't they? But, like, um, Kelly was wearing, like, leggings with, like, boots. boots And, yeah, I mean, those were casual clothes. I'm assuming they have to wear uniforms at school. I don't know. I could check which schools required it. When PC came out of the building, he didn't have a uniform on. Oh, true. Yeah, so maybe you're right, yeah. Or maybe on Fridays, they do, like, a casual Friday thing maybe. at school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think that's why they're always outside, like, standing in the fucking wind, like, wearing hats. I know, because that conversation was making me really, I was cold for that. I'm me like, too. oh, my God, go inside. Me too. So then, I actually really enjoy Kelly and Camille's friendship. Like, I do too. I feel like they're in a very similar social standing, especially you know, in regards to this show with their schools and their parents and their money, but they're really different and they're good friends. Like Kelly's kind of a fun party girl who likes boys and wants to write songs. And Camille's obviously all biz, but they have a fun tit for tat that I like. And they're talking about PC and Camille says, well, I think he's going to apologize, not necessarily because he's sorry, but he knows he should. And Kelly goes, well, then he can keep it. Like, I don't want that. He's the one actually being immature, (laughs) but he thinks he's being mature because you wear tight pants and say, darling. That was my favorite. That's incredible. And that explains PC to a T in this episode because you wear tight pants and say, darling. Kelly, so good. And then in our final unfortunate event, (laughs) again, standing outside a weather mystery, Sebastian and Taylor. So Taylor says she wanted to get together with him to kind of end the awkwardness between Mm -hmm. them. They talk about how she brought Cole to dinner and she doesn't want it to be awkward now. Sebastian turns around and like spits (laughs) into the wind and he says, I mean, we're not friends. And she says, we're not friends now? Like you said, she's very little Miss Sunshine. Like she's genuinely confused by the fact that he doesn't want to be her friend. And she says, well, that I honestly don't understand. We weren't that close. And he's like, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, it's better that we're not. We're not going to go shopping and like talk on AIM. And she's like, okay, so we're acquaintances now? And he says, yeah. Um, This is where, and it's literally making me physically ill to have these words come out of my mouth. I'm on Sebastian's side. I'm with you. I'm too. I mean, you like a girl, you cook up a couple times, like you are interested in her. And then she brought another dude to the party. Yeah. Like that. And I think he said, he was like, I'll be nice to you if I see you. Like when I see you, I see you, but like, we're not going to hang out. And yeah. Yeah. 
And she should have had this conversation with him before the dinner party. Yeah, and that's why I thought it was a little... This is where I was like, Taylor, what the fuck? In her confessional when she says, like, oh, I'm going to warn all the girls out there. Like, don't even look at Sebastian. He's like, Medusa, you'll turn to stone. I'm like, well, no, he you, you dumped him. And he doesn't want to be your friend. Like, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. And he asks, like, well, what's even going on with Cole? And she says, well, we're kind of exclusive now. Yeah. So, I mean... I know. I was Team Sebastian on this one, too, but yeah. I'm just never I, Team Sebastian. No. And it, again, it physically... Like, it's like if I'm ever going to have to be on Team Jesse, Like, it physically hurt. She, like... She was in this episode for five minutes and managed to piss me off like she was in the whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. And I have a look on your face right now. You hate her. I hate her. And I can like, can you imagine what she must be like at work? You know, she sees herself as like a, a, like an Amanda Priestley. Like she, I'm sure she's a monster to her employees. Yeah. An absolute monster. Yeah. Miranda Priestley. I mean, I'm sorry. I was like, who's Amanda Priestley? Yeah, Miranda Priestley. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I can't even imagine like working for her must be the worst. Yeah, she probably parades around and acts like Anna Wintour at every turn. Are you really, Amy? This is a problem you can solve yourself. Like, I mean, I can just, I can see it. Like, she's, ugh. <laughs> but that's it. That's it. And so, um, and I keep forgetting to turn the automatic play on my Amazon off. So again, it cut off the scenes from the next. Um, but basically, we get more uh, PC is gay next week. So it looks like he does a photo shoot with the male model, and then does the male model ask for his number? Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think, and I believe I have said this once before on the podcast, but I think this might be the big, like, PC is by Okay. Like, episode. I'm, I'm in. I'm excited. Yeah, it should be good. All right. Um, all right, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymareb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>